Blessings one and all, and welcome to The Spirit Side. I'm Paul James Caden, and today on the show I thought we would talk about overloads of UFOs. You don't have to look very far in the news or online to see that uh, we've been inundated lately with uh, so many accounts of UFOs and strange things in the skies. We have uh, Air Force pilots and uh, people on naval ships at sea recording these things, not knowing what they are. They're entering the oceans, coming out of the oceans. They seem to be stalking uh, some of our naval ships at sea. So what's going on out there and what should we think about this? What kind of context should we put this in? And uh, I think this is a conversation, you know, naturally, I would like to take uh, a little bit from the spiritual perspective because I think that's important when it comes to, you know, things such as the paranormal or UFOs. There's a lot of people, I don't really think they know how to categorize this in their life. Where, where should they put this idea of UFOs and other life forms, you know, how... How does this fit into the biblical worldview? Because we've been taught so much in our organized religions that there is God and there is Jesus and God made man and, you know, we're this special creation and more than likely there's nothing else out there. And if there is, it's probably, you know, evil, demonic. We've talked about all of that sort of thing before. It kind of sets up this mindset of, of fear and, and paranoia. You know, everything is the devil coming for us. And, and it very well could be. We don't know what or who is out there flying around in our skies. But I think we have to have an open mind you know, I've always believed that there's more to the universe than we know. There's much more out there than we know. Life on other planets, life in other dimensions. There's life out there somewhere. And there's been a lot of uh, good UFO research done. I, I There was one by uh, uh, Jacques Vallée who wrote... A number of books on the UFO phenomenon and he pretty much concluded that these things were not interplanetary they were uh, interdimensional and he didn't think they had our well-being at heart uh, whatever they were uh, they were sinister I also think uh, if I'm not mistaken I think J. Allen Hynek uh, also believe that they may have been interdimensional rather than interplanetary. But there's uh, enough people in UFO research who have come to that conclusion that the way these things behave, uh, they're not from another planet. They're from another dimension that we don't understand how you know their physics work and the technology that they're, uh, that they're using. 
But rest assured, uh, there is life out there somewhere. Other dimensions, other planets, possibly both. And what's really weird is how many of them are uh, coming out of our oceans or seen under the water or coming down from uh, the sky and entering the oceans. And uh, some of them say that when they enter the waters, they don't even cause a splash. They don't disturb the waters at all. They just seem to phase right into the liquid and go into the depths wherever it is they're going. So, you know, how does that happen? You know, very, uh, very peculiar indeed. And what are they doing down there? Are these space aliens who came to Earth and set up bases under our oceans? Is whoever or whatever is flying around in our skies, is that their place of origin? You know, we have these old myths of, you know, Atlantis, you know, in the underwater cities and the underwater civilizations. And one thing that uh, I've learned over the years that sometimes myth is uh, a little bit or a lot based on reality. Something that actually was, something that someone actually knew about in the past that did happen. So how do we know? How do we know that there isn't someone or something down there and that there always has been? And maybe this is where some of these legends have come from about the, you know, underwater cities and Atlantis and, you know, whatever else, these uh, sea gods and sea people and the sirens and the mermaids. Who are we to say? You know, that's a little bit difficult to swallow for some people because they'll say, no, God made man and put man on the earth and whatever else might be here. Um is an invader. You know, it doesn't belong here. You know, it, it has to be evil. And again, maybe, maybe not. I think when it comes to the subject of UFOs and other life forms out there in the universe or in the dimensions or under our seas, wherever they may be, the one thing you hear a lot about, you know, that people will say is like, well, you know, what would this do to our society? What would this do to our religions? It would unravel everything. And I'm sure for some people that it would, they would be in absolute spiritual crisis, not knowing, you know, if we found out, hey, there's some really ancient civilization underneath the sea that we didn't know about, uh, I think that would really rattle the religious and spiritual cage of a lot of people. And we'd probably see a lot of people jumping ship from the religion because they were never told about these things. This wasn't supposed to be a reality. How could this be? Or they would be in such great fear that they would try to figure out a way to destroy it because Surely there must be uh, demons, you know, down there uh, living on the bottom of the ocean. You know, let alone from the stars or other dimensions. Um, if something or someone does reveal itself one day to the inhabitants of Earth, 
And I think that day will come. I I certainly don't doubt it. I've always said there's uh, very strange and unknown things out there. And one day something is very liable to just place itself right on man's front doorstep. And we're really not going to know how to react to it. Because we're not prepared for it. It's not supposed to exist. It's not supposed to be real. You know, it was a farce. It was a lie. It was a hoax. It was swamp gas. It was, you know, all the different things we came up with as far as UFOs are concerned. And now if something is staring us right in the face, whether it be friendly or hostile, I think a lot of people are going to enter crisis mode. And I think we're going to see a lot of people jump ship on their faith, jump ship on their religion. And as horrible as this is to say, um, I think we're going to see a lot of people probably take their own lives because it's going to be overload more than they can handle. You know, because not only now is reality something that we never anticipated but also all of our sacred beliefs that we believed was the truth has now been obliterated we are not the center of the universe we are not the only ones here you know made special by god and you know tucked away in the cosmos because you know we're we're just something so special I think by the way we uh, treat this planet and one another, we've shown that uh, we're not so special. We're we're a little more than uh, animalistic in our thinking. Probably animals act better than we do. At least they're not out there tearing up the planet, bombing one another. So I think, you know, something from outside our world or our perception of reality presenting itself to us uh, is going to shake a lot of people up. And I think we're really going to see a lot of pandemonium. I don't think it would be digested well at all. And maybe there's some folks listening to this show who say, yeah, I mean, if aliens were to appear and step out on the White House lawn or out on the world stage, that would be too much for me. I think I would, you know, lose it at that point. You know, I I don't think we need to lose it. Because even if there are other life forms out there from other dimensions, other planets, under the sea, wherever they may dwell, wherever they may come from, it doesn't negate the reality and probability of God. All life and consciousness had to spring from somewhere. There had to be a point of origin. And if we one day learn that there's so much more life in the universe than we think there is. Well, I would say that just goes to show that perhaps 
God is greater than we thought he was. Now, people may present this idea, oh, but what about Jesus? Jesus is the only way. You know, if he didn't go to their planet, well, they can't be saved. How do we know that he had to go to their planet? You know, this was, and I don't, I don't often, uh, again, mention my own uh, angelic experience, and, and I will talk about that. I know there are people who listen to the show that want to hear more about it. But this experience started and had throughout at different times uh, accompanied by what we would call UFOs, lights in the sky. And it was something that, because I didn't know, you know anything about UFOs, you know, when I was 12 years old. I mean, maybe, you know, you see some science fiction movies. I do apologize for that uh, interruption. I thought I was logged out of work, but somehow I guess I wasn't, and clients were getting through to me. But uh, hopefully that has been uh, situated. I don't want to start the podcast over again because uh, I think I'm on a pretty good banter here about all of this. But um, anyway, getting back to our uh, conversation uh, after the pitfalls of podcasting, um. I think we were talking about that this doesn't limit um, or obliterate the concept of God or, you know, the greatness of God or, you know, that, um, you know, he wouldn't create other civilizations out there, other worlds. And uh, I believe we were talking about the idea of Jesus. You know, he'd have to visit those other worlds. And, you know, if he didn't, they wouldn't be saved. In my own angelic experience where there, uh, you know, some things with lights in the sky and what we would call UFO phenomenon attached to that. And some people might look at that and say, oh, my gosh, you know, maybe it wasn't an angel. What do angels have to do with UFOs? Well, maybe more than we think, but, you know, that's not the... uh, the topic we'll be getting into right now, but suffice to say that there have been uh, a lot of people, uh, religious and otherwise, uh, Christian and otherwise, who have looked at the UFO phenomenon and have stated that uh, the UFOs of today may be the angels and demons and other uh, heavenly creatures of yesteryear. So there's some people that believe they're both good and bad. Because we hear a lot of things about creepy UFO encounters, but we don't really ever hear about the positive ones, and there are some positive ones out there. Uh, In my experience, uh, how would I say? Uh, You know, it wasn't demonic. Well, in later years... uh, I kind of drifted away, you know, when I broke away from fundamentalist religion. I was like, no God, no Bible, no Jesus. I'm going a different path. All this is crazy. These people are crazy. I think this is all a lie. And uh, this experience actually guided me back to all of that. So I'll just leave that uh, on the back burner. And maybe it's something we'll talk about uh, in another podcast. But suffice it to say... In my experience, it was told to me that the universe is 
teeming with life. And some of those life forms live closer to the spirit of the creator and others do not. So there are civilizations, there are life forms out there, whether in other dimensions or other planets, who live very closely to the laws of God, the goodness of God, the spirit of God. And they would be much more, um, I guess you could say, righteous, kind, loving, intelligent than we are as human beings. So maybe they wouldn't necessarily need, you know, that situation where Jesus would have to go and, you know, die on their world as, as some people would hypothesize. And maybe in other worlds there are other ways in which God and Christ would reach these beings. But as far as I was told, there was a lot of life in the universe. Some good, some not so good. And that kind of goes with the idea of, you know, angels and demons and apparitions of old. We just have a different name for them. I mean, this isn't a theological discussion about UFOs, and I don't want to make it uh, as such. I'm just putting these uh, grains of thought out there for the time being to say it doesn't necessarily negate anything if and when these beings land on our front yard. Just because. Christ didn't appear on their world, doesn't negate Christ. He appeared on our world, and he had to do so for a reason. And maybe the reasons are different. Maybe the connection with God is different in those other worlds. So it doesn't negate anything. What is true for our little blue planet isn't necessarily true for every other planet and dimension out there. Some may be better and some may be worse. So aliens landing in our backyard doesn't negate anything. It's no reason to jump ship and commit suicide because, oh my God, you know, I've been misled all my life. There's no reason to live. You know, my whole... My whole concept of reality is, is you know, knocked off the fence. Uh, you know, I'm going to go out and end it all. I can't handle that. That's, that's not an attitude or a state of mind that, that we want to have. Because it doesn't, doesn't necessarily negate anything, as I said. And so I think we have to keep that in mind. You know, when we can't run with this idea, oh my God, it's all demonic, because we don't know. What if something did land on the White House lawn or make itself known to planet Earth? What if, what if they were friendly? What if they had a different view of God, a bit different than our own? How do we know that that wouldn't enhance our religious knowledge? Make us understand things that maybe we didn't understand before, even in the teachings of the scriptures. 
And how do we know that our concept of God, our scriptures, our belief in faith in the teachings of Christ that we have wouldn't somehow enhance theirs as well? An exchange of ideas, an exchange of experiences. That's not necessarily a bad thing. But I mean, now it's bad if someone lands, you know, uh, you know, on the world stage and says, well, you know, you, you've all got it all wrong. You're all a bunch of ignorant earthlings. And here's what you need to believe. Here's what you need to do. And, the, and they start kind of forcefully uh, reinventing our world and our belief system. Uh, that might be a bad thing. That might not be uh, so genuine or loving or from the side of the light. That would get more into the deceptive or the destructive, and that speaks for itself. If someone comes here and they're hostile, and they start destroying things, making war, taking lives, well, then we know where we stand. But we also have to understand the old saying, you know, that Christ spoke, they can kill the body, but they can't kill the soul or cast the soul into hell. They can only do so much to the physical, then it's out of their hands. So why fear? Why get all crazy? I always say that to a lot of conspiracy people too. Oh, the government, oh, this, oh, that. Oh, the elites, you know, everybody's coming to get us. And, you know, and I say, well, you know, you're, most of these people are religious. What are you so afraid of? Doesn't the Bible speak of end times? Might we be entering the end times? And if we are, you're not going to stop it. All of the craziness, all the fanaticism over religion and government and politics and politicians isn't going to change it. Unless you're into dominion theology, then perhaps you think you can change it, but you're not going to be able to change it. So what will be, will be. Just have faith and trust. If something or someone destroys the physical body, that's it. They have no more power. They've done all they can do. You're going on to the higher dimensions of life beyond all of that. So why worry? I mean, maybe my view is a little too simplistic when I think that way, but I think it works. Why would we worry? I mean, would it be fun if UFOs, you know, showed up or rose up out of the ocean and, you know, started blowing us to kingdom come or, you know, the reptilians came and enslaved us all? No, that would uh, really kind of suck, wouldn't it? But, <laughs> you know, but at the same token, you know, I'm not going to sit there and like sheer dread, like, oh my God, you know, and, and off myself before they get me because I still have confidence in God. I still have confidence in the afterlife, in the spirit world. They don't have control there. They don't control my eternal destiny. But then what happens if someone comes here and proves that 
our religions are wrong. We really did have it all backwards, and somehow they're able to prove this beyond doubt. Still, what's the big deal? Wouldn't you rather know the absolute truth or as close as you could get to it rather than to exist in something that is not true for the rest of your days? I mean, I believe that, you know, the spiritual path that I follow is certainly true. But I'm also not beyond, and I've always believed, God is a lot bigger than I think he is, a lot bigger than our religions know. We don't have it all figured out, no matter what book or books we read. No matter how wonderful they may be, they don't contain the entirety of God and his wisdom, and his character, and his creation. So there's a lot we don't know. And if we have a lot wrong, that's fine with me. If we have nothing wrong, great. If we have it all wrong, great. I always tell my wife, you know, when we hear people talk about, uh, you know, fighting over religion and being afraid to be wrong and... You know, people go off the deep end if someone challenges their beliefs. I always say, you know, it doesn't matter to me if I die and I go to heaven and God is a little tiny frog living on a stump in the woods. And that little tiny frog has infinite power and created all this. And all he wants us to do for all eternity is love one another and pick berries and romp through the forest and come once a day and give him a little worship and love and, uh, you know, sleep in tents out under the open sky. Fine with me. If that's the truth, <laughs> that's the truth. I don't care if God's a talking tree. <laughs> it wouldn't matter to me if he's, you know, a self-conscious levitating ham sandwich. <laughs> With eyeballs, it doesn't matter. Whatever the truth is, the truth is, you know. And and I think uh, I think that's something we all need to uh, kind of think about, and not be so weighed down with these doctrines and these dogmas. And so I think you know when we do that. You know, we might look at this UFO phenomenon and be a little bit more open-minded and relaxed about it. And even if it does turn out, as uh, Jacques Vallée said, it's a bad thing. They don't have our good intentions, you know, our well-being in mind, even if that turns out to be so. Hey, whatever. Whatever. They may kill the physical body, but that's that's it. They have no more power after that. My soul, your soul, all of our souls, including theirs, belongs to God. And if it's true, what I was told in my angelic encounter, that the life is teeming with universe, or that the universe is teeming with life, rather. Yeah, life is teeming with universe. But uh, if the universe is teeming with life, 
then God created us all, and we're all responsible to God. We're all responsible for our actions. I don't care what kind of fancy ship we're flying around the universe or under the ocean or through the dimensions. I don't care if we can walk through walls and read minds or whatever they can do. They're still responsible to the creator of the universe. And just like us, they will have to give an account for what they've done with the life and the technology and the wisdom and the light that they've been given. So if we have a whole bunch of hostile UFOs flying around out there, looking to inevitably take over planet Earth, they would be responsible for their actions just like we would. So so why fear it? Why should have such a dread in this sense of, oh my God, over the whole UFO phenomenon? I don't think we need to be that way. And I don't think we have to lose our minds and our religions and even our lives if something unknown does present itself to mankind, it's likely to present itself to mankind. If we look at the book of Revelation, it's inevitable that it will. Think about that verse, how men will look to uh, hide in the, cl the, the cliffs of the mountains and ask the mountains to fall on them. They will seek death and their hearts will fail them because of those things that are about to come upon the earth. Think about that. Let that sink in. Look that verse up and think about it in connection with the whole UFO phenomenon. There's a lot that could come on this earth and shake us up in ways that we will not and could not comprehend. But we can certainly be ready for it if we just open our minds, open our hearts, relax, and know that God is bigger than our, our religions make him out to be. 
So there we have it, folks. I just wanted to talk a little bit uh, about the overloads of UFOs and what it means and what it could mean for our planet, for humanity, for each and every one of us. We never know when uh, something bizarre is going to happen in our world, and it could happen overnight. We could wake up tomorrow, and the sky could be full of things that uh, cause a lot of panic. Look how quickly COVID came upon us. Look at how the world changes so quickly. Disasters and sudden changes don't necessarily wait for everything to be okay to make their appearance. They just happen. And I think we have to be ready. And so I hope this podcast helped someone out there. I hope you got something out of it. uh, Gave you something to think about. I'm sorry for any uh, interruptions and uh, stumblings through because of those interruptions. The the phone rang, but Lord God Almighty, I had so many distractions coming at me during this podcast. I'm lucky I could keep two thoughts together, (laughs) but I guess I did. But anyhow, folks, thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. Until next time, stay safe, stay well, and again, stay open-minded. And I will talk to you next time here on The Spirit Side.